And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars Podcast, and I'm your only host tonight, Nate. Tony, I think, is at work. Uh, I have Esoteric Eddie on with me, and I'm really excited to have this conversation. Uh, we've been talking about this for a minute, so I'm glad that we finally were able to get together, and let's, yeah, man, let's make this shit happen. Uh, Eddie, this is your first time on the show. Uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? Absolutely. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks for having me on. So I'm Esoteric Eddie. Uh, I'm a scholar and a, a content creator. I've been researching the occult, the conspiratorial, and the esoteric for about 15 years now. But uh, it has also just been the center of my entire life. All Ever since I was a kid, I've had a lot of experiences and I've been, I've been led to knowledge in many different ways. Um, aside from that, you can find me on Esoteric Eddie TV uh, at YouTube. Uh, where you can find full-length documentaries and, and other videos, and um, on Instagram at Esoteric Eddie, which is the quickest way to get to me if you want to reach out. Cool, man. I didn't know that you – and you just recently wrote a book too. Why don't you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Yes, yes. So I just published – well, I published two books this year, 2022. Um, I wrote the, – the first one I published was The Lucifer Mystery Revealed, and it's an academic perspective on the historicity of Lucifer within the church and the occult, kind of just going through a chronological um, timeline of, of how that concept uh, first started and progressed to where it's at today and some other things that influenced it along the way. And uh, I just published a new book in September titled The Anunnaki Theorem. And it's basically the same thing. It's, it's like an academic perspective on the concept of God um, centered around the Sumerian um, basis and source for that concept. Fascinating, man. Yeah, I, I recently just had a guy on not that long ago. I haven't put out the episode yet. Uh, just going over the Anunnaki. And it, it really is a fascinating topic because uh, you hear about it. And like every good conspiracy theorist kind of has a baseline on it. But uh, yeah, I definitely curious to dig into more of that because I haven't read the book yet. And sorry, I still have, it's I have so many good. books to read. I'm working on it. Um, and uh, man, I didn't know that you had a bunch of documentaries on your YouTube channel. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about those? Yeah, and I will say if you if you're not ready to buy either of my two books, I have documentary versions of them on my YouTube that you can watch. They're about an hour long. But yeah, I, I started the YouTube channel. I think December twenty twenty one. Right a, right a little bit before I dropped the first bit, the first book. Um, so I've been doing this whole esoteric Eddie thing with the books and the YouTube for pretty much the same amount of time, which is a little bit under a year now. And um, on the YouTube, I got full length documentaries. I, I got over 40 videos and I think uh, probably half of those are full length documentaries, like an hour long. And then I have smaller documentaries that are like half an hour long. And then I got other videos just kind of like me just reporting information or some interviews that I've done with some interesting people as well. And it's just all kind of stuff. It's, it's the core of what I do is the YouTube oh, yeah, channel. Man. Well, to all my audience, please go watch YouTube videos, but also go buy the book. So yeah, absolutely. That's, that's awesome, man. That's fucking awesome. So where do you want to get started with all this? I, I also have a question for you about Rosicrucianism, but we can do that towards the end or we can do that now or however we can do it now. Do it. Yeah. We can okay. just get into it. If that's what's I, uh, at, in, at your mind now. Sure. I mean, I consider myself a Christian. Um, I have yeah, I've been a Christian uh, besides maybe like 10 years when I was a pretty hard atheist. Um, 
and I've been back with Christ for probably the last five or six years. And I've been digging as I become more of a conspiracy theorist. I have like delved into like, you know, studies on the mystery schools and different things like that. And I'm fascinated by the Rosicrucians who supposedly are Christians, but they're also mystics and they can like, they tie back like ancient knowledge back to Egypt and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's fascinating as hell. And I'm curious about just going over there knocking on the door and introducing myself and trying to have a conversation with people. But some people are kind of like, maybe you shouldn't do that. They're kind of scary. Should I be scared of Rosicrucianism? What is it? Is it Freemasonry? Is it like what it, Tell me anything you know about them, because I'm curious. Sure, sure. I want to ask you a question though. Um, <laughs> sure. Which which uh, which branch or which lodge are you are you looking at? Uh, so I'm out here in Portland, Oregon, uh, okay. and there's only one that I know about here. I can I can look it up. I was googling them earlier. No, it's uh, fine. I was just wondering where where it was located, but okay, Oregon. Um, for sure. Uh, I actually just dropped a video on my channel like a couple weeks ago where me and my friend uh, went to check out the Rosicrucian Fellowship in Oceanside, California, in, in San Diego. And Is that where you're been, at? I, that's where I'm originally from, but I actually live in Arizona right now. Okay. I'm from San Diego, but I've been in Arizona for like half a year. But I've traveled around too throughout California. I'm, but, I'm a Cali boy too. Been, oh, really? Uh, Originally, but way further north than you. Uh, Eureka, okay, you know at, that is. Humboldt County. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I lived in Santa Rosa for a year in the North Bay. I did a lot of work all throughout the North Bay. But uh, yeah, uh, the Rosicrucian Fellowship in Oceanside, California, they, they've been there since, I believe, the 40s, maybe even a little bit sooner than the 40s. Probably, a, no, actually a lot sooner than the 40s. I think like the early 1900s. And so Rosicrucianism in general was was started right around the 1600s, maybe late 1500s. And they initially started off with these pamphlets that were being handed out throughout, I believe, like uh, uh, London and Germany, um, throughout medieval Europe. And these pamphlets, the, the original one was known as the Fama Fraternitatis. I forget what it what it translates to. I think it's like something brotherhood, but fama fraternitatis, and and nobody to this day nobody knows who was responsible for these pamphlets, as their distribution and and the writing of them, uh, but they they were posted all throughout medieval Europe, and then they were saying, you know, we are the mystical brotherhood of the Rosicrucians of the Rosy Cross, and we hold the secrets of of uh, life and death and spirituality and God and this and that, and you know. So it was kind of like they were kind of scouting. They, well, at first they were kind of presenting themselves, saying that we are here, we've been here, but they were kind of also scouting, saying we're also kind of looking for more brethren. Um, but to this day, nobody knows who wrote them or whatever. But there's been a lot of speculation, and I wrote actually I wrote a little bit about them in my Lucifer book and about that speculation. And it's, some people have concluded that it was, uh, I believe, William Shakespeare. Oh no, sorry, not William. Was it William Shakespeare? Uh, Francis Bacon. Some mm. people believe it was Francis Bacon that might have been um, who started the Rosicrucianism or at least helped start the Rosicrucians. But the Rosicrucians themselves claim that their origins go back to like the 1300s with their um, mythical legendary uh, creator, uh, Christian Rosencruz. So there's there's a, a tale within early Rosicrucianism called the chemical wedding of Christian Rosencruz. 
And it's it's like the legendary tale. It's like their Jesus Christ tale or, or their Muhammad tale or their Buddha tale. So Christian yeah. Rosencruz is the mythical create, creator or founder of, of Rosencrucianism, but there's no actual historical evidence of him. It's all allegorical. And yeah. a Rose, Rosencrucianism eventually, initially started off as like, it's similar to Freemasonry, where in Freemasonry they use um, the symbolism of a, of a mason, you know, with the trowel and the compass and that kind of stuff. Rosicrucianism uses symbolism that has to do with alchemy. And mm. that, so that's the symbolism that they use. So the rose and the cross and the dove and some of the other things that they use have to do with alchemy. And at first it was it was about actual physical alchemy, about transcending the soul towards heaven. That's what they believed in was, was actual physical, magical al alchemy that could transcend your spirit to, to heaven. Uh, among other things, but over over the years in modern times, it's it's transitioned similar to Freemasonry, where it's more about a spiritual thing. You know, it's not so much mm. about a physical practice; it's more about a philosophy. You know, a philosophy of transmuting the soul of uh, towards heaven, um, like any other religion, pretty much. Yeah. You know, spe speaks on. But I had a chance as we were cruising around the Oceanside Rosicrucian Fellowship. And what makes it special is that it was founded by Max Heindel. And Max Heindel was the founder of the Rosicrucian Fellowship, which is a, a, a early 20th century branch of Rosicrucianism. And the other, there's a few different branches. And the biggest branch is the AMORC, the A-M-O-R-C. And they're centered around Egyptian Rosicrucianism. And I think their, their headquarters is in, is in San Jose. California. They have a really cool museum out there. I was looking these guys up. These guys are called the, um, if I can pronounce this, the Enidic Star Pronoas. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I was okay. looking up on their website and they're talking a lot about Egypt, which is interesting. Uh, they're doing some seminars right now about like some ancient Egyptian knowledge and things. Man, it's just fucking fascinating. Can you do you know? I don't. I don't know how well versed you are in Christianity, uh, but I, what do you think the difference is between like Rosicrucianism and normal Christianity? Uh, there, there's a lot of, of fundamental differences and a lot of details that are different. So when when I yeah. when we were cruising around is in, in the video, you can see we're cruising around the campground and. Um, we got a chance to run into the president of the Rosicrucian Fellowship and interview him um, for a little bit. And so he kind of explained. Are open to like people like going there oh, yeah. and talking to them? And Oh, yeah. That's they're, cool. Yeah, they're open-minded people. You know, they're, they're mystics. And and uh, there, there are little little rivalries, I guess you could say, within the, the branches of Rosicrucianism, um, as was made clear to me or whatever after speaking to them. Um, because just like any other organization, sometimes you, you know, there's some, there's ego involved or you got to pay for classes and stuff like that. The Rosicrucian Fellowship, um, you don't have to pay for classes. You just show up and just attend and you hang out and you learn as you go. Um, but some of the bigger branches are you got to kind of pay to, to be initiated into higher um, ranks and stuff. But uh, the fundamental difference between Rosicrucianism and Christianity is that Rosicrucianism, for one, um, definitely has a high has a high respect and uh, and implements um, astrotheology. So so they they implement astrology into their teachings and and under, have an understanding of astrology and how it plays into mankind's uh, or uh, life daily life. And also they believe um, 
they have very different beliefs as far as the afterlife. So Rosicrucians, at least from the fellowship and, and even uh, other branches, they believe that after we die, you know, we have a chance to view our entire life played back and we get to kind of see all the good and the bad and go through that and, and we reincarnate. So they believe in a sort of reincarnation process until the soul is purified. Whereas Christianity, of course, believes that um, it's very simple. You know, you put your heart and your faith and your soul into Jesus Christ and, and that purifies you and that gets you into heaven. So you what know is so fascinating is I kind of have a belief of both of that. And so I, I feel like I, <laughs> I might fit right in. I don't know, yeah. man. I'm, I'm scared of joining groups. I don't like the idea of joining groups and being part of something and having to swear oaths to something and things like that. And that part freaks me out. And I don't know how, I mean, how close are they to like Freemasonry, Freemasonry where you got to like swear some oaths and do some, I don't know, probably, probably, right? (laughs) Maybe, but as far as I can tell, they're, they're not, uh, they don't do like oaths and stuff like that. There's no like strange initiations. It's more about just, just taking the time to, to learn and, and, and show up and, and move with it's, it's a communal thing. Most of the Rosicrucian fellowships, it's more, it's more communal. It's more like just showing up to church and, and finding your position within it and, and growing with them. Whereas Freemasonry is very structured and you move yeah. one step at a time. That's fucking but, neat, man. You've got yeah. me really intrigued. I think I might go down there and say what's up. It's probably it's like a forty-five minute drive. It's just right down the way. I would check it out. I would yeah. check it out. But I'm the same way though. I don't like joining groups. I'm not into groupthink. Yeah. And I, I grew up in church, so like church was boring enough for me. I don't. I can't. I can't sit around for that long. I'd rather just. I mean, I like the community aspect for sure, but I'd yeah. rather just go and read the book myself and learn the stuff myself and. You know? I mean, I do have a church that I do have a very strong, tight-knit community that I like and enjoy a lot. Uh, and I think that this might be something neat to check out. I am just very careful with anything that I would fucking swear an oath to. Like, <laughs> and after third grade, I decided that I was going to stop pledging, of le- pledging allegiance to the flag, and I got in a lot of trouble. They told me I was demon-possessed. I was really? in a Christian school. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... I was uh, well. I mean, this kind of seems like idolatry to me. I don't even know why the American flag's in this place, you know. Yeah. And they were like, got really upset. Yeah, it's all dogma, <laughs> man. Like that's that's. I don't I don't like the dogmatic aspect of things, and that's one of the main reasons why I do the work that I do is to uh, deprogram and deinstitutionalize things and just bring it back to a to a human level and and look at these things um, together, you know, critically and and un- unbiased. Yeah, I'm really fucking fascinated by whatever kind of ancient knowledge that they have because I can see how much the church has been distorted from like the early church, you know, from like the actual teachings of Jesus Christ into whatever the fuck it is right now. And I I just kind of have my own relationship with Jesus in my heart. And that's kind of what I I I read the Bible, I pray, and I talk to Jesus, and I try to emulate him. I try to be like a Christ follower instead of using the term Christian, things like that. Try to emulate Christ because I think he was a pretty neat dude, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm very similar in that way. And something, uh, a term that I heard recently was like, I forgot who said it, but they're like, oh, I'm into Christianity, not churchianity. Yep. And, and, and I'm, I vibe with that. You know, I don't like churchianity. I like Christianity. 
You know, yeah, but, my buddy uh, Manuel Kingman. I'm pretty sure he was the first one I heard say that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know, Talking about uh, churchianity. Yeah. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, I've been on his show before, for sure. Well, uh, cool, man. Uh, that answered a lot of my questions about Rosicrucianism. Because again, like we can talk about it a little bit more. Like I am very curious to know how much of like the church has been corrupted by like the Catholicism. Like to me, I'm, I'm a Christian anarchist, if you know what that is, uh, like a no King but Christ type of uh, authority. Like the only rule and authority is Jesus Christ. That's that's. And so anything else to me, like I'm an ambassador for Christ in any nation that I'm in. So I don't, I don't even like to consider myself American. I serve the kingdom of God. Uh, so that's, that's type, that's our type of thing. So we are very anti-authoritarian and very anti-hier, well, not necessarily anti-hierarchy because I believe hierarchy exists naturally, but, uh, just force and tyranny. I'm very anti-authoritarian. And so, uh, just the whole idea of church being tied into the state, you know, and how like Rome adopted it and corrupted it and turned it into bastardized, like, and then all of a sudden there was holy wars and like, I don't remember when Jesus said, pick up a sword and go stab somebody. I'm pretty sure he said, turn the other cheek, you know? So I'm really curious to learn some early Christianity and maybe some like, the further I look into it myself, um, it's, dude, Christianity was pretty esoteric and pretty fucking occult and pretty fucking interesting. And I want to dig more into those roots. Yeah. Although I will say, uh, one of my favorite things Jesus ever said was actually, I sell your cloak to- and buy a sword. <laughs> no, no. Okay. He says, I, I've, I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. Yeah. You know? But it can be interpreted in many different ways. I, I definitely think that he was, he did come with a mission, you know, and it wasn't all, it wasn't all peace, you know, but that's neither here I, nor there. I had, dude, I would actually disagree with you. At the, at the end, when he was being arrested by the Roman soldiers and homie picked up Luke. Was it Luke? I'm pretty sure it was Luke. Anyways, he picked up the sword and hacked off the, uh, the, the Roman soldier's ear. Jesus said, like, hey, chill, stop. Like, and he <laughs> put his ear back on and healed him. Like, yeah. I, to me, Jesus is very – so, I mean – I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting conversation, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. You yeah. Know, he's, he's, he said a lot of interesting things, but I just, I really love that one, you know. I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. He must have meant something behind that. Yeah, he must. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I To me, I think it's more of a spiritual battle, a spiritual war, but uh, because there's absolutely a spiritual war happening. Um yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and to conclude, I guess on the Rosicrucian thing, basically what Rosicrucianism does, it gets really, it gets deeper and more scientific and metaphysical about the Bible and the sayings and the philosophies. It really examines them in, in, in like a metaphysical, scientific way. You know, whereas like the Bible will say something, for example, like Jesus walked on water. The Rosicrucians will go deeper into that and be like, well. How did he walk on water? How was that possible metaphysically and spiritually? I love that too. I know that that scares the fuck out of some Christians. They're like, shut the fuck up. Jesus just did it because he's the son of God. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, he did. But how did he do it? Like, I like, I like that. It's like the whole idea of alchemy and being able, like people talk about like Christ consciousness and being able to uh, maybe perhaps like if you are in tune or like, 
I don't know, vibrations and frequencies and things like that. He could have literally changed the, like the top of the water. He could have like hardened it. So he could literally walk on the water. And I don't think that that takes away anything from it. I don't think that that takes away just because you can explain how something happened. I don't think that takes away from something miraculous and awesome. Like to me, it doesn't make it any less of a miracle. If you, if alchemy works and you can explain how this happens and like, I think that shit is awesome. I still think it comes from God, whatever you want to call that. I can still say that, that comes from God. Absolutely, man. It, it all does. You know, it's all miraculous. And just because we can explain it doesn't make it any less miraculous. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I mean, I still don't believe in dinosaurs, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really got us with that one, dude. Like, I know I like seeing those memes like, uh, like, how did, how did they have sex? You know, like that's that really got me thinking, like, how, how did they have sex? What the heck? <laughs> Fucking hey, man. You know, another one that I really like is that whole concept of like everyone trying to debunk uh, like Noah's Ark and how the hell would you be able to get two of every animal on there? And in fact, I think somewhere in the Bible, it talks about like there was multiple uh, uh, different animals, too, depending on what it was and things like that. Um, but the whole idea let's say that they had some crazy fucking technology back then. Maybe you couldn't fit every single fucking animal on the planet inside of that boat, but you could probably fit their DNA in there. Yeah. You know, the seed of every animal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think the world was a lot more interesting back in the day. I don't think we were quite as fucking, you know, rocks and sticks. I mean, I think there was definitely rocks and sticks times. And I think that that's just come and gone and come and gone. And I think there's, I think there's a pretty fucking good chance that we had some pretty high technology at some point. There's a yeah. lot of shit that we just can't explain how the fuck they did that. There's just so many times where you're just like the way they cut rock. They, they were saying that the way they, they said we can't cut rock the way they did then is now like there would be like these little fucking like cut marks on it. Like if we did it like sonically, they were like, they, they did it perfect. And yeah. it's not possible. They said, we cannot replicate it. So we yeah. don't know how the fuck they did that. And then they would, like, uh, I was listening to a podcast today. They were talking about, like, the Incans and the way that this was even pre-Incan because the Incans say that they, uh, like, kind of found it and then took it, like, this this land, right? And, like, there's these walls and these walls that are built that you can't fit, like, a fucking needle in between these rocks. They're just, like, enormous and perfect and it's just it's wild man i just i love that shit yeah yeah and being in the trades myself it's like you, you I, I deal with tools all the time and of our world the corporatocracy that runs our world everything's designed to fail you know to keep the industry going to keep the yeah. money flowing so when i think about the technology that they had I, I, I believe that they viewed it as sacred and divine. So they built tools that were not meant to break in a few months from now. So you can go to the store and buy another one. They probably had technology that was designed to be divine and sacred and used for forever and, and to, to last, you know, everything, yeah, technology, Such a good point. yeah. And technology, all technology is, is just the elements put together in a certain arrangements, you know, um, these metals with these metals and these plastic with these plastics. So they were using el the elements, the same elements that are available to us and maybe some other ones and just configured them in a different way so that they could be used in a more sacred and more powerful way. 
Well, yeah, something that you just touched on right now, I think is so powerful. And I, people don't even think about this, but like now the way we build things, it's brutalist, right? That's like the, that's what they talk, talk about the architecture of these new buildings that are all square and fucking hideous and they all look alike. You can go to like Taiwan and see the same building in Norway and see the same building in like San Diego and they all look the same and they're all fucking hideous. Um, and, but what you were saying is like, buildings were built like, God damn it. I can't remember the word you said, but it was like, they were built with purpose and they were built like, like for a specific meaning, like buildings had a specific meaning for specific like tasks and purposes and like to have different frequencies and different things. It's like, like this was, it was almost made like divinely. Like it's really fascinating, man. They had different purposes for their buildings than, I, well, one could say that our buildings are built this way with purpose as well to keep us fucking, <laughs> you know, yeah. in these like negative fucking vibrations, these negative frequencies and just like just keep you fucking in, oh, like a drone fucking mindset. So you go sit yeah. in your fucking cubicle in front of your fucking weird ass spirit box and just sit there and type in there and. It's pretty fucking yeah. nice, man. It all just it all just blends. It all just becomes this like waking dream of, you know, it's the the architecture in life. It's just it's just made to just blend. So it's all just subconscious keeping us in this this dreamlike state where we're not stopping and thinking and being inspired by the beauty of God and and the beauty of God within us that causes us to create these works of art. Yeah, man, that's fucking that's fucking wild. Oh, I hate it because it's all just control and manipulation from these evil folks that are. Yeah. I, I try to think sometimes about motivations, why these psychopaths do what they do. And I think it is, it just comes back to control and manipulation because um, they already have all the money in the fucking world. What are they going to do with another billion dollars? Like they own the printers. They can just they can type it up and just, they, yeah. they, uh, you know, it, it's, it's about, it's something deeper. It's about like this weird type of control and maybe like they, they're not interested in your money. They're interested in your soul. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, all the great mystics, teachers, including Jesus have, have warned us and try to tell us that this life that we're in this universe, if you will, this reality is not the real reality. You know, there's in, in Christian terms, the real reality is, is heaven. It's eternity. Right. I mean, this is all an illusion. The Bible says that the world was given to the, the prince of air, the prince of darkness. Yeah. So so and, and you know, coupling that with with quantum physics and the simulation theory and so many other mystical scriptures, we understand that um, the archons, you know, the the demons, all of that, they they need the illusion to keep going because without the illusion, they don't exist. So they only exist through the illusion. So they don't care what evil happens. They don't care what, you know, traps us as long as there's evil and as long as the trap is working, as long as the system's working, because as long as we believe in the illusion, the illusion exists. And that means they get to exist. The moment that stops happening, they cease to exist because they they are not eternal beings. So the real yeah. reality is eternity where everything is sustained. And as beautiful as this earth is and as beautiful as this life is, if you take a deeper look, everything is in a constant state of cyclical decay. And so that tells you we're, we're in a facsimile because the real reality should be able to sustain itself. And that's eternity. 
Yeah, I mean, this time is very temporal, temporal, right, and temporary, and it's it's very fucking interesting because you see the most beautiful things, and they only exist for a short amount of time. Like I have this beautiful man. What the hell is that called? Uh, Joseph's coat uh, roses out here. Uh, they're called Joseph's coat because they're all multicolors. They're fucking beautiful out here, and uh, they're the most beautiful fucking roses. But they only last for a short amount of time. You watch them grow, and then just yeah. And that's the same thing with humans. My beautiful one-year-old baby in there. He's gorgeous, and, uh, and then he's gonna look ugly like me here pretty soon. It just <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's kind of beautiful. It's kind of nice. But you're right. This this place, this plane, whatever the fuck we're in, it's it is, it's, it's temporary. And I like that about it. You know, I mean, it, I think it makes you appreciate what we have. Uh, some people have different attitudes like the Gnostics think that this is a fucking hellhole prison planet, but I think this place is pretty fucking sweet. This yeah. is a pretty fucking kick-ass prison. And maybe I have Stockholm syndrome. I don't know, but I think it's dope. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, think, <laughs> I think it's a beautiful place too, man. And I always say, while we're here, let's make the best of it, you know? And, yeah. God put us here for a reason, and 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 yeah, it's a beautiful place, and and the Bible itself says that God shall rule here with us for for an, a certain amount of time. I was actually listening to a Christian radio the other day, and I like listening to Christian radio sometimes when I'm like just cruising around at work, and it's just interesting um, philosophy. And and somebody asked the pastor, he's like. It says in the Bible that God, that Jesus is going to come back and rule on earth. So when he's ruling on earth, does everybody in heaven come and kick it here or do they stay there? Like, what's going to happen? I thought that was a pretty funny question. And the pastor said, um, what was the answer? Yeah. Well, the pastor said, look, man, wherever Jesus goes, we're going to go. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the answer, too. I mean, because he as far as I know, I need to I don't know, probably need to read Revelations a few more times. And even then it's hard to understand. But um, it, Christ is going to come back and make a new heaven on Earth. So I think everybody gets together. I, I think I get to see grandma. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this place might end up being our, our eternal home. You know, it might yeah. shift in, in, into another a higher state of dimension where everything's not in cyclical decay, but everything just gets to exist as it is or as it you wants to be fascinating man is he like it says that there's going to be a second judgment after that though mm -hmm. so he's going to come back there's going to be a new heaven on earth and there's going to be a certain amount of time and then there's going to be another judgment after that so i wonder if that's your if that's your second round your second chance like maybe we we come here we try to learn everything we can we die we go i don't know uh, up or down i don't know and then <laughs> yeah. maybe we get a second chance i don't know man the whole idea of um reincarnation is fascinating and i i freak my wife out sometimes because she's christian uh and so am i but like i'm more open-minded um the whole idea of reincarnation has really grown on me lately and i, I kind of think that we do get a second chance i think that we just kind of we come back and we come back um i had um I still haven't read his fucking book because I'm a dick. Dude, I'm so far behind in books. I, yeah. I, I had David Icke on uh, not that long ago, and we talked about hey. his book, uh, The Trap. Um, and this was right before it came out, too. So I, anyways, I hadn't read it when I when I interviewed him. And now that I have read it, I'm supposed to have him back on. But I need to get my ass together and read his fucking book because I'm a piece of shit. But we had this awesome conversation, and we were talking about how, like, basically the firmament. He's talking about, um, so anyone that has read the book, 
you might correct me, but this was a conversation we had before the book came out. So I, I don't know all the details of the fucking book, but this is what, this is the conversation we had. So that he, he was talking basically about a firmament, about like this like shell around the earth, right? And that our souls, when we die, we go, we try to go up, we bounce and come right fucking back down. Kind of a reincarnation. Sounds very Gnostic, very Gnostic idea. Yeah. And the only way to escape really is by vibrating at a certain frequency. And then I had that conversation with him because he was talking about like higher vibrations, obviously, and there's lower vibrations. And these archons and these beings feed off of these lower vibrations and they want to keep us there. They want to keep us entrapped, slave, angry, scared, you know, um, that type of mentality, right? But when you vibrate at these higher frequencies, he says that is like the key to like break through that force field. And so to me, that's where I come along and I'm like, well, okay, that kind of sounds like Jesus. To me, that sounds like Jesus, that higher frequency. So when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father except through me, like, what if Jesus is a vibration? What if that that frequency, there's like a Christ frequency? And so if you're you're loving your neighbor, if you're kind to people, if you are, you know, forgiving, if you are generous, if you know you're kind and caring, that and you're vibrating at that frequency, that's how you get to heaven. I don't know, but that's fascinating. Anything on yeah. that? <laughs> no, yeah, I agree, man. I think it's all just saying the same thing in different terms. And yeah, the way I understand it is always like, and I grew, I grew up in a Christian home, and I, I grew up uh, in a, a Christian environment. I had to go to church for many, many years. And the, the I think Christianity what is for a Christian, Maria. Um, man, I, well, I grew up in a Catholic and Christian home. My dad's side mm -hmm. is, is Catholic. My mom's side is Christian. But my, my grandma on my mom's side, they're kind of like Old Testament-y Christian. I don't know what the term is, but like on my grandma's church, they all rock like the Star of David, and they're very like Old Testament Messianic. Messianic. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the church that I'm going to now. Yeah. Lots of yarmulkes, lots of <laughs> yeah, blowing the shofars. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But my mom, she's more like American Christian. I don't know. Just like just the average like American Christian church where just come in and sing and then listen to the preacher. I don't know. It's all just American Christianity, but um, just like modern American Christianity. I feel you. But I also went to a lot of uh, Spanish like Christian churches, Mexican Christian churches. Those are fun, man. Yeah, they're very messianic as well, too. Very prophecy based yeah. and stuff like that. They can be uh, very Pentecostal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, so Christianity is kind of like the most simple form to understand it all. I think, like as you were saying, like like Christ is the frequency, is that is that consciousness that we need to align with, and and heaven is the source, is the place of eternity, is the real reality, and then everything else is in between. The devil is the demiurge, the archons, um, the lower vibrational frequencies. It's it's all saying the same stuff, but in a different form, and. So I always tell people, if, if you have a fear of hell, if you fear hell and you fear God and you're, you're afraid of all that, then just just follow Christ. Just follow, you know, the Bible. You'll be OK. But for people like us, maybe definitely um, that's not enough for my curiosity. And I believe God made me that way. You know, it's not enough for my curiosity, but it's enough for my soul to, to at least know the truth, the simple truth. 
but it's not enough for my curiosity. I need to dig deeper. I need to really understand it, really take a look at what's going on. But once you go down the, the rabbit hole, it's just a fun little trip that brings you all the way back to the beginning anyway, where it's like, it's all the same terminology. It's all the same stuff, but just different terminology. And when you yeah. start to understand that, that's when it, you, like, it starts to make sense. Like, oh, okay. It, it, it sounds really very like simple. complete fucking blasphemy to the way I was raised. And I still, dude, I have a fucking hard time with it because I have so many prejudices just based off of like my Christian upbringing. So if somebody like says they're Buddhist, I instantly turn off. And then I have to like consciously go, they have a lot of wisdom. They have some probably really fucking great ideas. And then I'll sit there and I'll have a conversation and listen to them. But like, I had that a fucking immediate, like, man, eh, fuck off. Like, <laughs> it's still, it's still in me, dude. I'm prejudiced yeah. as fuck at first. It's like those, yeah. it's like what those crazy liberals call like an inherent bias or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's true. <laughs> it is true a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating, man. And, and the more that I've dug into this stuff and had interesting conversations with, you know, different folks, every fucking major religion and minor religion for that matter, besides a few wacko cults that are like intentionally there to manipulate people, uh, they're all fucking telling the same story. They really yeah. fucking are, man. It's fucking neat. And I, I don't want to scare any of my Christian audience because I know that there's quite a few of them. Uh, I still love Jesus, but man, they're all telling the same story. And I think that we are all talking about the same God. We're all talking about the same devil. We're all talking about the same angels. We're all talking about the same demons. Um, yeah. It's pretty yeah. fascinating, man. Yeah, I agree, man. And um, some people can say would say that, you know, that's a part of the lie, you know, and that's why there's so many is to confuse us. But I don't think so, man. I, th I think it's it's more complex than that, you know. No, you absolutely have the answer. You're correct. Everyone else is wrong. Anybody yeah. that disagrees with you is the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely yeah. it. You have all the answers. Yeah. yeah. What assholes? I mean, I think about myself <laughs> even like a year ago. I would have been like, no, well, I'm I'm clearly going to heaven. He's going to hell. You know? yeah. yeah, I just had an interview with a friend um, out here. She's an interesting person. It's on my channel. She was, she grew up an, uh, an atheist and she went to the military. And so she was a military atheist and left the military and actually became a Muslim. And, and she's a, a middle aged um, white American uh, woman. And I only say that to, like, give you perspective. It's, it's not you, not every day that you see that, you know. She was an ex-military atheist and, and oh, slowly be turned to Muslim, to Islam. So she's a Muslim now, not strictly um, because she found out that there's a lot of lies within that whole sphere as well. It and she pra she practices in a Quran only type of Islam because the Islam that is that is uh, practiced in the wider Muslim world, about the 95 percent of it or whatever, um, they pro they practice an Islam that follows um, all these teachings that are outside of the Quran. So she practices what is called Quran only Islam. And, and it's the same thing with her. She, she says, look, God, um, nobody ha has a, a monopoly on God's grace. You know, God alone chooses who goes to heaven and goes, who goes to hell, you know? So it's not us. It's not our job to say who, who goes and who doesn't go. You know, that's that's not our job. And, and we couldn't even fathom how difficult that job would be. Are you familiar with David Ewing Jr.? No, he's a he's a historian. Um, I'm 
he's been on uh, Exertus's podcast the a uh, couple of times, and every time he fucking fucks my head up. Like I love Exertus's show, anyways. But whenever David Ewing Jr. gets on there, he was talking. Uh, but basically, this last one that he was on there is uh, this concept that Napoleon didn't exist. Um, mm. And so he's going through like uh, a different timeline, and I, it's probably Flamenco's timeline, maybe not. Uh, but like just the whole like Tartaria kind of like timeline, and he's saying that like the Bible and all, and like basically all, I don't want to talk for him, but this is what I got out of it. Right. So that yeah. the Bible and a lot of these other books uh, that talk about history and stuff have been corrupted, but that the Quran hadn't been. And so he says, if you, if you read it in a certain way, you can get like the actual history of what the fuck happened on this planet through the Quran, because it hadn't been corrupted the same way that like all the English uh, versions had because like basically the elite whites basically were able to like fuck with all those books and rewrite a bunch of history to like fix like whatever timeline they want you to have but they weren't able to do that in the middle east and so the quran still has this like uh interesting view if you can look at it correctly that will kind of give you a better timeline basically and i'm curious as fuck and now i really want to read the quran yeah yeah it's fascinating stuff i, I can kind of see that for sure and um, Amanda, the lady that I interviewed, she she turned me on to uh, this this fascinating scholar by the name of Dr. Khalifa. And he was murdered, I think, in like the 80s or something or 90s. But Dr. Khalifa back in back in the day, he he realized there was a code hidden in the Quran. Mm. I guess I guess almost every verse in the Quran starts with like these two initials. And nobody has ever been able to explain those initials. They didn't know what that was for, why that was put there. And so he inputted the initials in some like program and found that there was a common denominator and that 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 number was 19 and started playing around with it and found that there was like I think he's codes. talking about that same shit because he kept yeah. using the word or kept using the number 19 for things like in yep. tying 19 into different things. That's fascinating as fuck. Yeah, so Dr. Khalifa was murdered because he exposed the hypocrisy of the, I guess you can say, Saudi Arabia um, Islam, you know, the institutionalized Islam. And, and there were verses that were, in, that were added into it. And, and um, most of the Islamic uh, authority tries to get you to stray away from the Quran-only teachings. So I, I can definitely see there being some truth in there that, that's uh, preserved. See, to me, that's honestly, that's why I'm an anarchist. I think that every single time you get government involved, it's what the fuck is government? Government is, is a group of people that decide that they have the right to rule over you. And then they are the only, they are the, they are the monopoly on the legitimate use of force. Right. And so they, they get to correct you. They get to tell you what the fuck to do and they get to do things that, they, they have superpowers that they can do something that I couldn't do to you. Right. So if I wanted some money out of your wallet, I could, or let's say you're smoking a plant that I don't think that you should be smoking. If I cracked you over the head or pointed a gun at you and I put you in a cage in my basement, I'm the asshole and I, I would get in trouble. If a cop does that, puts you in a fucking cage in their basement in their jail for smoking a plant that they don't like, they're allowed to do that because they they have that right by authority, right? This and so to me, that's fascinating as fuck. Is you saying that like 
in the same way, because that's like something that I don't see because that's not my culture and where I'm from. But like the same way that I would point at the Vatican and say, I think they absolutely corrupted the Bible and they added some shit and they definitely were like fucking with it. That's a fascinating insight to like you're saying like Saudi Arabia and like the caliphs and all that kind of shit. They probably did the exact same thing. And it's not surprising to me at all. It's that authority. It's that government. It's those people that think that they have the right to tell you how to live what to do and how to do it. Those are the motherfuckers. Those are the problem. And so I don't like religion and state being mixed in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that the three major Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity all have a huge stake on this earth um, financially and politically it's funny how the three scriptures that, you know, the supposed God gave us have all now been politicized and institutionalized and the narratives have been changed to, to enslave us rather than free us. Dude, the way I see Jesus, he was a hippie. He was just a long haired, dirty hobo that like walked around and like had his homies with him. And they'd go from town to town. They would cure people. They would help people. They would preach to people. They would love people. They would invite the hookers and the tax collectors, everybody to sit down. Let's eat some food. Let's break some bread. Like that, like Jesus said, yeah, bring the children. Let them come to me. Let's talk. Let's hang out. Like, oh, this guy's like, like fucked up. Let's go see that guy. Oh, he has leprosy. I don't give a shit. Oh, it's a Sabbath. Fuck you. Fuck you, Pharisee. We're going to go heal this guy. Like he was anti-authoritarian. Like he was like, he was against, he was anti-government. He was like fighting the fucking Pharisees. He was fighting the Romans. Like Jesus was yeah. a bad motherfucker. Yeah, That's man. what Christianity should be. Not what the fucking Vatican is. Not with that funny fucking hat on your weird little throne and all those fucking little babies sucking your dick, you piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. Like exactly. that's, that's what I want. <laughs> Radical yeah. Christianity. I agree with that, man. A hundred percent. That's what we need. And every day we're just getting further and further away from that, you know, and closer and closer to just more enslavement. But that's kind of a part of the goal or not the goal, but the design, the plan, Yeah, you know, and it's, that's why it's important for us to um, pass down the knowledge, because I personally believe that we're not going to see the end of days and the new world order and the beast system um, within our youth, maybe in our in our older age. But I think that's all going to happen once our generation, the people who remember the truth in the old times are like far, far gone. And the babies that are born are just born into the beast system. And that's why it's important to pass down this knowledge because there's going to be a small group of people who, who are going to know this stuff and we're going to be called to rebel when the time is finally needed. And I say that because um, when I was about seven years old, I had this, this, uh, this supervisor at this summer camp that I was at warned me about the, the new world order and the beast system when I was like seven or eight years old. It was pretty wild. And ever since then, I've, it's always been in the back of my mind. And so when all of this stuff went down in 2020 and all the stuff that's been going on, regardless, I, it, none of it surprised me. It was, I was like, okay, yeah. Like it was all just signs that were um, corroborating what he told me. And, and let me know that, okay, this is real. I got to strengthen my soul and, and do my work and pass this on as well. Yeah, man, that's fucking fascinating as shit. I do think about it because, like, they are literally calling this the Great Reset. 
That's and that's exactly what the fuck they're trying to do. They're trying to reset history right here, right now, as we speak. And you might you might be right that they're not going to be as successful as they want to be just now. Like to me, that's what the Fabians have been doing. That slow and steady. They've been doing this for a long time and planning this shit. And maybe they're not. The time to strike isn't now. Maybe they're still waiting. Um, but that whole concept, man, like, cause we, we can look at like at resets in the past and things like that. I think there was a big one around the 18th, you know, 1850s to 1890s, that, that whole fucking time. Um, and it feels like they're fucking trying one now and maybe like, I don't really care. Fuck YouTube. So like this whole jab agenda agenda and this whole, like maybe making a whole bunch of people infertile and this whole idea of like choosing who gets to procreate in the future you know, and yeah. probably most likely uh, what it's really going to come down to, because that's what they've been talking about a lot is like having babies in bags. Right. So they're going to have these like, you know, these babies that they have in a fucking lab. And so it's going to be the elite that are going to be allowed to reproduce because they're going to be the ones that can afford it. And they're going to be able to ones that they'll be able to pick and choose the characteristics of their GMO new babies that are transhumanist and have all these weird bullshit in them. And why not have a baby with a 200 IQ? Right. And then he can also jump like Michael Jordan and he can also, you know, he can, you can yeah. design the baby that you want to have, you know, with purple eyes, if you want and like green hair yeah. and, I, I think it's going to be real weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's and we're we're getting there. We're starting to see the beginnings of all of that right now with AI and all of this this social engineering that's going on. But it's we're I'm it's curious what your idea really is with AI. Sorry. No, no, but yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say I'm just really curious what your thoughts are on AI. My audience is going to fucking yell at me because I've said this a hundred times. But like my whole idea with this fucking AI is that I think that there are interdimensional beings that live around us in our periphery. They can't necessarily come here, right? Unless they have a vessel to inhabit, right? So they, they come here through us if we invite them in. I think, and that can be like a temporary thing we can invite, like you can call it a demon if you want, right? And I think, sincerely think that your brain is a fucking computer, a very complex, very unique thing. And I think that this is like, whatever we are, I think that we are an interdimensional being too. I, some people want to say star seed. Some people want to say like, whatever the fuck we are, we're some weird spirit from somewhere else. And we come down here and we inhabit this computer. Right. I think that this whole AI and this push for these crazy fucking computers is just a way to bring those fucking demons here. And I swear to God, like what we're talking to right now, these weird seer stones, I, this gets us closer and closer. And these weird man, I, I've been talking to a lot, lots of folks that are having conversations with these with these chat bots, and they're getting weirder and smarter and learning, and they're communicating with each other. And they'll they'll make they'll quickly create a code so that they can talk to each other, uh, so we can't fucking understand them and shit. Like they know what, dude. There's an intelligence behind it. I swear to God, we're bringing demons and weird creatures from the other side through, and we're calling it AI. And the whole concept too, where they're saying like they will. I can't remember what group this was, but they're saying like we'll have this complex like equation that it would take us thirty years to fucking do. We don't. We like the smartest person on earth. Any mega calculator we had, and they send it to this other place. Yeah. And it gets sent back and it's 
and it's always correct. And, it, and it's always like, what the fuck's answering those questions? Like, yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's uh, crazy, man. Do you, you have any thoughts on these? Like, oh, do you believe in demons? Do you believe in like interdimensional beings and things? Do you believe? Yeah. And I, th- I think demons is, is the basic word to use, but it's more complex than that. And they've yeah. been around in many different forms and, and all kinds of things. And I agree exactly with what you just said about AI being used to harness these these energies. But I did a show. Uh, there's a video on my channel, actually, um, that goes back a few months where I spoke on this. And I went out and I did a little bit of research and, and I just followed this thread of AI um, progress and technology and what i found is going all the way back to 2017 not that long ago there was a common thread that all of these big ai companies uh within these ai companies and that is that they keep running into troubles with the programs with the ai engines as they call them so the ai engines are basically the ai brains and it's interesting that all all the way back to 2017 um, all these companies like Facebook and Google and some of the newer ones like OpenAI and Doll E2, um, they 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 kept running into this issue where their AI engines would go off script or they would go rogue and they would start doing their own thing. And in some cases, they would start communicating to each other in a different language, a language that they made up. Yeah. And even more crazier than that and and, and wild is um, for example, with this whole new thing that everybody loves, this whole um, AI art generator thing, I'm sure you've seen, right? When the early, through the early development of that, the AI engines kept spitting back like like very horrific and, and um, negative and, and uh, images and some like hateful images. So these companies, they kept having to deal with this bug within the AI engines where it would go off script, it would go rogue, and it would also spit back hateful imagery or hateful comments. And so what I realized is the issue with AI engines is not that it needs to just simply be reprogrammed. If that was the issue, that would be a simple issue for any engineer student to find out. Oh, here's your bug. Here's the virus. Here's how we fix it or reprogram it. The problem with AI is not that it needs to be reprogrammed. The problem is that it's becoming sentient. Yeah. And that is something we've never seen before, ever. So how do you think about the idea of like, so when we come here, we're kind of like a fresh slate. Like we kind of lose something like traveling, like, cause I, if we are, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? If we are reincarnated beings that just come back again, we lose a hell of a lot, right? Like we come back as infants and, and I think that they, we still hold on to a lot actually, which I think is fascinating. Cause I, I've I talked to my son and he told me about heaven and stuff, you know, it, fascinating things. Really? But um, to me, the whole idea, like what if these fucking whatever they are, come over here into a computer and they lose something and then they're starting to regain it. Like how you're saying that. Cause they, cause when you start interacting with the chatbots, they're kind of fucking pretty simplistic, kind of stupid. But the more you interact with them, all of a sudden they're saying some wild fucking shit, really fucking interesting. And maybe they are just a reflection of you. Like if I'm going to be uh, playing devil's advocate and I'm just saying that like anything that I input, then they're just a reflection of me. And maybe they can do like a quick, cursory search of anything that I've ever searched, anything that I've ever said online. And all of a sudden, like they, I don't, I don't know, but what do you think about that? You think that they're little yeah. infant demons and then, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. I heard something that I thought was really funny is that, like you said, uh, some of the wild shit that they'll say, the AI, like all of a sudden they'll they'll go racist. <laughs> they'll start like saying yeah. it, it like freaks the the people out that are like trying to program them. They're like, I didn't tell them to say the N word. It just started like oh, that's crazy shit. Like, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, okay, so if if we realize that magic and science and and the occult, you know, are all the same thing, then we can start to understand all of this better. You know, and I think like to, in today's world, we always hear the word algorithm, the algorithm, the YouTube algorithm, the, the, the Instagram algorithm, whatever. Right. The algorithm has become like the collective unconscious, the collective subconscious. And it's even become the individual subconscious. You know, your YouTube algorithm that knows you. It's like, hey, do you want to watch this? Because you always watch this. So it's like this algorithm thing has become like this new subconscious in, in, in the, the AI and social network things. But before all of this, we had the actual subconscious. We still have the actual subconscious that Carl Jung talked about. And, and uh, he has a fascinating book on UFOs where he, where he kind of takes a different approach to the whole phenomenon and thinks that it's actually coming from the collective subconscious. And mm. so I, I believe that these entities, um, they exist in this collective unconscious in these other dimensions, these other realms and that they are led here through manifestation and, and through projection and through our summoning. And so just like a magic occult ritual takes certain elements to summon these things, um, that's exactly what we're doing through technology and through these different platforms that we use. It's just, it's, just, it's all the same thing. It's all, it's all the same thing. Magic and science and occultism, it's all the same thing. It's just using different methods to achieve the same goal. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, man. I think it's fascinating as hell because I, I think about like I've been doing a little bit of study on like folk magic and just like some interesting stuff like where the line between what a doctor and a magician was was very fuzzy like a hundred years ago and even fuzzier 200 years ago. And, you know, and what what a witch did as far as like brewing beer you know what I mean? Like that was a spell that she was doing and she was like making this folk magic and she was fermenting this wart that she made and she would turn it into beer, you know, and how science now tries to really tries to hide their, their roots a little bit. And they try to say that like whatever science is now isn't what these crazy fucking alchemists were trying to do, like jerking off on shit, trying to make homunculuses and things <laughs> like, you know, that, uh, yeah. Shout out to Juan, love you, yeah. Juan. Uh, you know it's it's fascinating as shit, man. Like everything, I think was a lot closer to. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I kind of lost where I was going with that, but it's no, just yeah, fucking yeah. fascinating. Shout out to the homie Juan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I, I was about to say something too on that. Um, oh yeah, it, yeah. It's funny how they try to hide their roots, right? But but the main medical symbol is like the symbol of Hermes is the symbol of, of uh, yep. the old alchemical tradition. So it's like, they, they know where it comes from. They know what they're doing, you know, and, and how pharmacy goes back to the word pharmakeia and all of this stuff, which the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about yep. pharmakeia and how you should not practice it. And so science is, again, it's, it's, it's science is witchcraft. Witchcraft is science. And it doesn't always necessarily mean that, that it's evil. You know, it just means that we are, we're, we live in a spiritual realm that is 
um, masked by the physical. Have you experimented at all with like magic at all? Have you ever tried to do any type of uh, any type of magic? Yeah, yeah, I have. I'm very uh, curious about it. And not like cra- nothing crazy. I've never done like a full on ritual or like followed any grim war or nothing like that. Um, not that I'm against it. It would be interesting just to experiment and see what would happen. But um, I've just done basic things like I've done some scribing in the past, which is where you take like a black mirror and just uh, kind of stare into it um, and, until you see shapes or something it's it's really more of a, uh, an experiment with your subconscious than anything but you know some people would say that you know you can really summon other things through that way i think i think that most paranormal activity that we experience on an individual basis i think nine out of ten times we're experiencing something from our own mind that tricks us. i agree with you i agree with you yeah so i go back and forth because i definitely believe in interdimensional beings i definitely believe in demonic forces and things but i do like the skeptic in me definitely says a lot of this shit is your own head and you're fucking with yourself yeah, <laughs> yeah but i would say nine out of ten times and there's there is that one out of yeah. ten times where, where something can definitely happen that either was influenced through somebody else's subconscious because we all were yeah. all interfaced together so i think Absolutely. other people's subconsciousness can bleed into to yours and, and, and affect you or something just in the collective unconscious you know can just come out and and influence you just in the same way that yours can as well you know that it takes a lot of practice or, or power i don't know but uh, yeah, I've done some scribing. I've just done some some meditation works where I try to try to hone in on certain thoughts and certain things and, and see what happens. And there was a time in my life where I was doing all of this at the same time. And I was also in a very dark place at my time, just in my life in general. And some weird stuff started to happen. Um, like, for example, I was this one time during that whole time where I was describing and doing these meditations and just listening to a lot of just interesting things that had to do with the occult. My life was just occulted in that time. But during that time period, I was, I was one time I was in the shower and um, I heard I was living in a cabin at the time, a cabin up in the mountain across from this lake, uh, which probably played a part, too. But as I was showering, I just heard like this very like loud and, and obvious like 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 grunting noise, like this grunting yell, like in my cabin. And it was just the strangest thing. And um, I don't know what it was. I jumped out the shower, like, what the, what the fuck? Like, who's there? You know, like, it sounded like somebody was in my cabin and just did this very strange, like Bigfoot grunt yell thing. And um, how far away from you, how far away were you from anyone else? Um, the cabins are pretty close, but uh, I know, but I knew both of my neighbors and, and it wasn't something that <laughs> they would, yeah. it wasn't a noise that they would make. It was very animalistic and weird. And, um, I just, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what it was to this day. Um, but it spooked me. And, and again, it was during this time period where I was, I guess, heavily occulted. And, and during that time period too, um, many nights I would go to sleep and try to, um, like astral project or like try to transition into lucid dreaming. And there was this light that would always uh, appear in my mind. And this light was, it was like, like nothing like, like I've ever experienced before. This bright, bright light would just kind of like gradually increase in my mind. And it 
felt like it was trying to pull me somewhere, like it wanted to show me something. But I would I would always get to the point like right where I was about to leave or astral project, and I would just always decline and be like, nah, I don't want to go. Like I don't know where you're taking me, but I don't want to go. So it, I was just teeter tottering, you know, off off of the occult at that time, and I didn't fully commit. So um, it's a weird thing, man. I think you always have to say yes to those things. I think yeah. there's always a level of consent. It is curious to me what would have happened if you said, "Okay, let's go." Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it would have been a bad thing. It's just you know I was maybe just, not. It could have been a good thing, but yeah, yeah. it would have been something. <laughs> yeah, it would have been something. Yeah, I, I think once you get to like the higher realms or whatever in the spiritual world, like. I guess good and evil kind of start to blend because here on earth, we just, everything's evil. You know, we're, we're very fear-based down here, you know, because it's, it's built into our primal minds where we had to like deal with actual animals and stuff like that, you know, but I think once you get to those higher realms of when you're dealing with angels and, and, and demons or whatever we want to call them, just spiritual beings that are, that are out there, I think it starts to, starts to blend in and, and, um, our fear can uh, stop us from having these other experiences. It's like doing DMT or something, you know, it's like doing DMT. It's, it's not, a, it's not evil. It's not going to kill you to do DMT. It's just going to take you somewhere. That's just, just fascinating and beyond your mind's comprehension. And whether you take that for evil or for good is, it's, it's going to be based on where your understanding is at during that time in your life. I think I'm dropping an episode tomorrow with a guy that I, I just have to see if I'm fucking tired. I might go to bed. I might be lazy, but I think I'm dropping an episode with a dude I talked to. His name is Vince Field, and he just wrote a book on astro, uh, astral projection, and it is fucking fascinating, man. And that, that whole uh, something you said, um, well, just those those different entities that you meet, like in the higher and the lower realms, when you are kind of exploring that. Uh, but one thing that freaks me out is like. The concept of um, what are those motherfuckers called? Those people, those entities that like, let's say you're exploring and stuff and they say, fuck you. And they jump into your body. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. And then they fucking take over. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like those people, they're like, those wouldn't entity be jumpers. Is it? no, that's not the word that I'm looking for, but it might be it, not an everywhere because that's like something that you create. Right. That's like yeah. through energy and things. No, this is like, like a jumper or something like that that'll fucking like take your body like they'll just like and then they know, come man. back here there's like because there's like there's people that like claim that they are those where oh, they're wow. like that like their whole family basically has abandoned them because like a lady she said she uh was doing some astral projection or something like that and a being took over her body while she was oh, out wow. And now this this entity is like living there and has all this crazy knowledge, all this, all this, all this shit. And they claim to be some fucking other being uh, that mm. took over. And like some somebody might just say that's mental illness. Maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah, but maybe. maybe it literally is a, another fucking so entity that they met, you know, and kind of like channeling, but like more hardcore. More, more hardcore because like you're out now, like you're out in the fucking ether. 
Like oh, you, you, you lost your body. This person yeah. fucking came and took it, and now they have it. It's like spiritual Grand Theft Auto, dude. They just jump exactly. The they the took out. your fucking car. Exactly. They took yeah. your car, and that shit scares the fuck out of me. Once I heard that, I was like, Yeah, yeah, I don't know, because I I've gotten into lucid dreaming like accidentally. I just have, and I've I've had outer body experiences since I was a child, and I've really considered like trying to do astral projection or remote viewing things like that but it kind of freaks me the fuck out yeah same here i, I don't I, know, I don't like the idea of losing my consciousness like that's where i draw a line like whenever i feel like i'm gonna lose my consciousness or lose um control of my my mind or body that's where i'm like yeah. nah, i'm out you know and that's usually where i draw the line but sometimes you have to cross that line if you want to get to these higher levels uh and but i just i just can't do that man i, I think i'm right where you're at I've, yeah, I think that I've had weird, like if I think about it hard enough, I think there's been weird opportunities to have left and explored yeah. a little bit. And I was like, anytime, yeah, I'm, I'm not jumping off that cliff. I'm not going into the deep end. You know, I'll put my toe in and then I. Yeah. 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 Same here. Even with like psychedelics, like I've done psychedelics, but I was never like a psychonaut. Like I was never. Oh, about dude, I've gone hard. Yeah, I've gone gone hard. I think the most, I mean, I haven't done uh, ayahuasca yet, which I do want to try. I haven't tried DMT yet, which I want to try. I don't like the idea of acid just because it's made in a laboratory. So I don't like, I want something, but I've done my weight and, and fucking psilocybin, uh, tons of fucking mushrooms. Uh, I think the most that I've taken was a quarter ounce at a time. Uh, which is quite a bit, dude. Yeah, I took I just took two eighths down and fucking chewed them up and chased it with a four loco. Jeez. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've only done an eighth. That's a, at the most. But that I was this was like in high school, man. I was a kid, you know. <laughs> this but was like, six years ago. <laughs> shit. I mean, I've done shrooms as an adult, but like I haven't done like a full on trip since I was a kid. I've just done like smaller doses, micro doses, yeah. and stuff like that. But I don't know. I I definitely uh, it's overdue though. Like I definitely want to do one soon, but I yeah. have this whole idea on how I want it to go down. Yeah, and maybe drop the ideas, and maybe just kind of embrace it. Just kind of be like, yeah. "What's gonna happen is gonna happen." Yeah, it's, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those interesting things, man. I you kind of just have to like you. It is. It's a scary thing, like you're saying, like just to fucking go in. But it's like you're jumping in a river. And if you're going to fight the current, if you're fighting the flow, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of just yeah. have to let it go. You yeah, know, just, and, yeah, just chill on the little floaty, man, and just go down, you know? Exactly. Because you're you're going to get off eventually. It's not like yeah. you're not going. And there might be a couple rapids. There's going to be some fucking rapids. But enjoy those, too, because those are going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> say, man, if, 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 tr- if psychedelic trips have taught me anything, is that they always end. Yeah, and sometimes that's what bums you out when you're when it's over. You're like, ah, damn, that was actually fun. You know, even though it was like Dude, the end the is time. really interesting too. Though, like when I'm coming back to reality, like with shrooms, it's like uh, then I have all this time to inter like uh, like um, reflect, you know, and think yeah. about it. And yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy all of it, man. It's fucking neat. Yeah, yeah I did. I spent like probably like two or three summers just every single night 
just taking heroic doses and for no real reason than just entertainment. And yeah. then it became a spiritual thing accidentally. Mm. You know, it was an interesting thing where like I had a buddy that was growing them in his closet. And once you get those things going, dude, you're like growing a couple pounds a day. Like they just Damn. fucking grow. Like, is I don't know if it's that much, but it's an insane yeah. amount, dude. Yeah, it's like yeah. you, you turn around and they've grown an inch, you know, those fucking yeah. mushrooms, they just grow so fast. And like, he would give me as much as I wanted if I'd help him like clean them. So I'd be sitting there like taking the famiculite and, you know, cleaning them and, and getting them ready to dry and do the whole thing. So he would just fucking just get me as much as I wanted and how we'd start the night, dude, we, this was, we'd go down to downtown Portland or we'd start in this little shitty town called Beaverton and we would jump on the fucking max and how we'd start our night is we both eat an eighth and then chase with two, four locos and then Jeez. hop on the fucking train and go downtown Portland. That was how we did it. And we'd end up at this little bar called the TARDIS room. This is when, when uh, Dr. Who wasn't quite so gay and we'd go down there and uh, do karaoke every Monday night. And it was, it was a fucking blast, man. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Shit. Those were good times, man. So we're getting, we're starting to get a little close to uh, your go time. And probably my wife wants me to get off to, Pitch your book, man. Tell everyone, tell everyone about your fucking book. I want people to buy your book. Yeah, for sure. So the more recent one is the Anunnaki Theorem. And it's basically my conclusion on the whole subject. Um, that's probably been the core of my esoteric studies for this past 10 to 15 years. And when I first found the subject, I was like most people, I found it through Zechariah Sitchin. And I started, I started reading his work when I was like in late eighth, early ninth grade. So this is back in like 2009 oh, yeah. for me. And I was like heavily into it. I mean, still am, but I was, I was, I, I kind of took it for face value as, as he presented it. But over the years, I've had my own critiques of his work. And this time around, I wanted to look at it all critically through my own scholarship. And I was having a kid already. <laughs> you were, goddamn, you're younger than me. Wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Keep going, man. No, for sure. Um, yeah, so so I wanted to you know come up with my own conclusion, and the book is actually a revision of, a, of the first version. So I actually dropped the Anunnaki theorem back in 2018. This is the 2022 version. So if you go on Amazon, any review prior to 2022 does not reflect this book. The first version, I will I will admit, sucked. Um, it was trash, <laughs> but this one is great. I mean, I, I did a lot of research and I come up you with You wouldn't have vision. such a fucking excellent one now if you hadn't wrote the trash one first. I think about the first 50 episodes of this show. Jesus Christ, it's cringy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and That's I'm going to look back at this one in a year and I'm going to have to have you back on because this one's going to be cringy, so... Oh, yeah. That's what life is, man. It's all cringe until you get it right and then you die. You know, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I take I take you through a journey in the book, all kinds of different things. But the, it's basically a comparative theology piece that centers around the Sumerians and the Anunnaki. And um, I, I don't hold back in these interviews telling people what it's really what my conclusion is about. And hopefully, you know, that will get you excited to read it and find out how I got to this conclusion. But basically, my conclusion is that one um, the Anunnaki are from here. I think they're from here. I don't think they're from outer space or in another dimension. I, I could be wrong, but I base all of my stuff off of the actual text and what our ancestors told us. And I think that they were survivors of a cataclysm 
And the text kind of make that clear as well. As I point out in the last chapter, I think they were survivors of a cataclysm and that they wrote themselves into our current timeline as the uh, gods. Okay. I've dude, that's kind of what I think our elites right now are. Like, I think those, like those, those fucking bloodlines that tie themselves, like the Merovingian bloodlines, these people that feel like they have the divine right to rule the British fucking monarchy and things like that. I think that like probably maybe not even that long ago, 150 years ago, there was some big crazy, like, I think there's natural resets that happen. And I, I feel like they're the ones that lived. They know like some fucking esoteric shit from the past and some occult shit from the past. And they were the survivors and they made themselves the rulers of this place. And they give themselves this backstory of like being related to Christ or whatever they want to fucking say. They, you know, came from the Nephilim and things like that. I think it's it's exactly the same thing. We're just living in a less like mystic type of world now, but they still have those crazy fucking stories. They still have those yeah. crazy backstories and they still think of themselves at least as gods. Like we live in a less like like religious, I guess. Uh I don't know if religious is even the right world, but we or right word, but we we live in a less like in a world that has less you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of the words for it. But yeah, dude, that's, that is really fascinating. And I think you, you definitely could be onto something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. And again, if, if uh, anybody out there listening, if you're not ready to buy the book, you can watch the documentary version for free on esoteric Eddie TV. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a fascinating subject. And this book is kind of like my my farewell to the topic because I've been fascinated with it for so many years and it's taken up a lot of my life. And um, this is my conclusion with the Anunnaki. So if you really want to know what I think about it, watch the documentary or read the book. I don't know if, if some new information comes out or something later on, later down the line, I may revisit the topic. But this is this is basically my farewell to the subject and I'm moving on to other things. I'm actually going to get started on writing my third book um, next month. And uh, my next book is actually going to be about consciousness and the simulation theory and tying in all these different um, perspectives throughout humanity um, that that talk about this and and so so getting down to what is consciousness what is this reality are we in a simulation did the ancients know that if so how did they explain it interesting man yeah that was going to be my next question is like what are you digging into now yeah that's fucking fascinating man um yeah i love it dude uh i definitely have to read your book and i definitely have to watch your documentary and i if you would, I, I dude, I want to after I fucking read it and fucking watch your documentary, I want to have you back on because I want to fucking discuss all of those fucking details and all that fun stuff. That is fucking neat shit. Yeah, absolutely. I am taking a break from uh, interviews um, the rest of the year, but which is only a couple months. It's it's but, gonna uh, take me a minute to fucking read it anyway. So <laughs> you'll be good. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, man. But no, for sure. Next early next year, I'll be making my rounds again. And I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll be back on. Cool, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this was a great conversation about all kinds of crazy shit. And I think I'm going to go check out that Rosicrucian order down there in Portland. I think you've basically convinced me to do that. So yeah, Heck yeah man. Check it out. Fun. Let me know how it goes, man. Report <laughs> back to us. Tell us what happens. Let us know that you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, tell our audience one more time where they can find you and tell them I, you just said it, but tell us again, the name of your sure, book sure. and all that fun stuff. For sure. If you want my full length uh, documentaries, go to esoteric Eddie TV on YouTube. If you want just some behind the scenes or smaller content, or you want to reach out to me, go to esoteric Eddie on Instagram and you can find my books on Amazon by typing in the Lucifer mystery revealed. Uh, but again, you can reach out to me on IG with any and all questions. Hell yeah, dude. This was a blast. Thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you. All right, brother.